right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode of Carl Buys Houses. My name's Carl Krenzel, your host here today, here to help you with your unwanted property questions here in the Tucson area. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode. I'd like to help you today with how to price your home during a pandemic. Yes, how to, how to price your home during a pandemic, I'd like to give a shout out to Richard. He's a, a fellow who gave me a call today at 520-403-6227. That's my phone number here at Carl Buys Houses. He gave me a call with a question about his property here in Tucson. He was considering selling his property and he had a question about it and he was trying to figure out if he should sell his property and how he should go about doing it because he had his property on the market once before. Now, if you're not comfortable with this conversation, you may want to find something else, but I'm gonna to talk to you today about some very hard subjects. And if you've not listened to this sort of direct confrontation before, then you might have a little bit of problem with today's conversation. Now, I'm not going to cuss at you or yell or say anything uh, derogatory, no, but I'm going to have a very real conversation with you like I did with Richard today about how to price your home during a pandemic. So let's just go ahead and examine Richard's situation. Now, obviously, I've changed Richard's name for his uh, privacy's sake, of course, but this could be you. It could be your friend. It could be your brother. It could be anybody, really. The question came, how do I sell my property? How, how do I price my property right now? Now, that wasn't his question to me right off the bat because as many questions typically happen in real estate, the question is buried within a bunch of other questions. But at the essence of all of his questions that he had for me today, that was really it. How do I price my property if I'm considering selling it? And maybe you're in that situation or know somebody who is. You know, maybe you're sitting on the sidelines right now thinking to yourself, how am I going to sell my property now that COVID-19 is in? You know, now that we've got a national pandemic that's caused all sorts of panic in the markets and the real estate game, there's uh, cities that have been quarantined, people have been uh, dying all over the place, it seems. It's, 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 it's nothing to joke about, but this is a very situ a serious situation when you think about how this affects the real estate game and how you're going to price your property. So let's just go ahead and go with Richard's question. How do you price your property to attract the highest offers during a pandemic? Now, I'm going to go with this uh, through a couple points with you today that I hope will f you'll find a value. And if you find this of any value, would you do me a favor? Would you like, rate, and subscribe? Would you share this podcast with somebody? Because that's how I let people know about this. Word of mouth, obviously, is the, the way that this is going to work. So if, if you'll bear with me, let me give you a couple tips today on how to price your home to attract the highest offers during a pandemic. Price tip number one. Ready? Price your home competitively. As a matter of fact, you might want to price it aggressively. That would be a better word to put it. Price your home aggressively. And here's why. You know, Richard and I were talking about his property, and he was uh, remarking to me that the price per square foot of homes in his area was a certain price point, and that he, through his studies, had realized that every home in the last six months has sold for a particular price per square foot. You know, if that's the way you like to price your properties, folks, I have some information for you. 
that was so three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be painful. Okay, you cannot, in my professional opinion, this all this is worth, okay? I've been doing this for 23 years as a real estate agent here in Tucson and a broker. All right, I buy properties here, Tucson. I, I, I buy them all the time. I, I, I mean, I'm in the market. And so I think it's realistic, realistic for me as a real estate broker with three years experience in not only the foreclosure business, but also representing clients here in Tucson, getting their properties sold, as well as my own properties and buying my own and representing buyers when they're trying to buy properties and representing first time home buyers on their first time homes, representing investors on their second and multifamily properties. I mean, I've done a lot of investing and I've done a lot of representation and I think I have a pretty good grasp on the human condition when it comes to buying property. And I can assure you that three weeks ago, price per square foot might have been an interesting way to look at things. You know, back then, in the in, in and I need I, I need to preface this by saying it's hard to believe that this was just three weeks ago that we had a quote unquote normal market, an on fire market, and now everything's turning into confusion. Closings, you know, they're they're doing them still, but you got a, a drive through closing nowadays, right? So when you think about it, just in just a simple three weeks time, things have changed in the way buyers look at the market. Now, here's the thing I told Richard, and I'm going to tell you. When it comes to pricing your home competitively, you can't price it per square foot. It's a good rule of thumb. It's something to think about, obviously. It's something to keep in the back of your mind. But you need to be thinking about your home right now is a price war in a beauty contest. Amen. A price war in a beauty contest. Here's the reason why. Because you need to think about what is going to affect your buyer for the next 7 to 10 days after they make that purchase. When they buy your home, what are they going to see on the news for the next seven to 10 days? And how's that going to affect their mental thought process? Now you might say to yourself, buyers are not going to think anything about it. I mean, you know, bodies and deaths in the, in America and the stock market crashing another 15 to 20% and, you know, trillions of dollars of stimulus packages and $1,200 checks. That's, that's not going to affect a buyer's thinking at all. No, you could think that, but you would be wrong. I can assure you, you are 100% wrong. And, and, and furthermore, all the realtors and real estate agents out there that you hear saying that things are going to be normal, that things are okay, that they are all right, don't worry about it, they are all wrong. All of them. Now, I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be, you know, denigrate my fellow professionals, but there are a lot of people out there in the market today who have a vested interest in painting a rosy picture. Forgive me if I don't believe Lawrence Yun, chief economist of the NAR, when he says that everything's going to be A-OK -okay when the federal government is printing out $6 trillion worth of stimulus package, enough $68,000 worth of federal debt for a family of four. That's what that is. Don't tell me that it's going to be OK. Buyers are going to think about that. And if they're not thinking about that, if they're young and they're inexperienced and they're, I don't know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, they don't think about things like that. Well, guess what? Their parents are going to think about it. 
and their parents are going to talk to them and they're going to say, are you sure that's what you want to do? There's going to be a lot of second thoughts coming around in the next seven to 10 days. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, gosh, I'll just wait, you know, two or three weeks, two or three months, and then I'll sell my home. Well, guess what? That's, that's an even worse period of time. It's not as if every one of these 352 waffle houses are going to open up in the next three months. They're not going to open them right back up. Unemployment claims are 3.2 million simply because it, it wasn't higher simply because people were scared of going into crowds and they didn't want to go in the lines. The real unemployment numbers are atrocious. So when you're thinking about this, you need to think about your pricing strategy because this affects that. If they are scared that they're going to lose money in the stock market, well, then they're not going to pay as much cash for their second home in Saddlebrook. If they are afraid that they're going to lose their job, because they've been laying off and they've been you know, forced to extend the, 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 the closure dates till April 29th or further, well, they're not going to be buying houses. So the people who are going to buy houses now are the people who have the money or are well-qualified and, and, and are in a situation where they're not going to lose their job. And it is, it, it, it's not responsible thinking to believe that these people are going to pay three week ago prices. It's, it's just not reasonable to think that way. And this is a desperate plea to the homeowners out there. Okay. You have to listen to this. I, I know this is difficult. You don't want to hear this, but hear me. If you want to sell your property, you have to price your home competitively, aggressively price it. I want you to go to yourself and say, well, gosh, what's the lowest price I can stomach? Uh, not that I'll be happy with, but that I can stomach. And then I want you to make your price that price, right? Or maybe even a little lower. Here's why. Don't be afraid that people are going to nickel and dime you. I understand this was Richard's question too. So, well, you know, if I reduce my price, and in his particular circumstance, his property was expired from the market at $350,000. Uh, uh, yeah, $350,000. And I had told him, to reduce his price to $300,000. You know, he was talking to selling his property to me, <clears throat> which I was happy to do, uh, but I would only be offering him a very uh, small amount of money. And it certainly, wasn't, certainly wouldn't be 300000 And I had told him, you know, one of the things you ought to do if it were, you know, you, if it were me, you don't have to sell your home right now. I mean, I would get a listing agent, I'd list your home, and I would list it at, you know, at, at 300000 you're going to make more money selling it by a lower automatic price. Now, his concern was that people are going to chop him up on the price, that they're going to beat him up. You know, the reality is in when, when your home goes on the multiple listing service, if your home is worth, as his is, 320, his home's worth about 320000 If you deliberately underprice your home by 10%, making it, say, 300 as opposed to 330 then you're not going to have people chopping you up on your price. And I told him, if you'd put your home on the market right now, 300,000, you can control the showings. See, he was saying he didn't want to have a bunch of people in and out of his house, which I understand. <laughs> I mean, who, who likes that, right? 
But in this particular circumstance, right now is actually a really good time for you to put your home on the market. If you've got a home that you don't want to live in anymore and you don't want to sell it to an investor like me because you're afraid you may not get as much money as possible or you don't want to sell it, you know, that way, you'd just rather get the full market value from a, 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 you know, a retail buyer and your home's beautiful as his is, well then, you know, why not list the property at an aggressive price point? Because then if, if nothing else, you're going to control the showings, people who are only pre-approved, right? You have to have a pre-approval before you can come and see my house. If, if I was your listing agent, that's what I would make agents do, right? They have to have a pre-approval. And then secondly, Right? They're only going to see it in the times you want them to. They're not going to touch anything. They're going to get in. They're going to get out. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the perfect way to do it? I don't know. Let's move on to how to price your home to attract the highest offers. Point number two, use strategic price points. Now, this goes hand in hand with pricing your home competitively. You know, using strategic price points simply means pricing it on the tens. What I like to call pricing it on the tens. Now, if you've never heard me say this on one of my podcasts before or on one of my blogs at carlbyshouses.com, uh, if you've never heard me say this in any way, then pricing it on the tens simply means taking your property and to not price it like milk. Okay? Don't price it like milk. All right? I know that there's some you know real estate agents out there who are industrious and come from entrepreneurial backgrounds. And in the past, they used to go ahead and have a home where they would uh, sell it at, say, two nineteen nine, right? Instead of 220000 or two hundred and ten, they would make it two nineteen nine. Well, the problem with that mindset is it's not like milk. Your home, when, when people go to a, a, an MLS agent, you know, if they're qualified, let's say for two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand, or or let's say that they're qualified up to two hundred fifty thousand, <clears throat> and let's say they don't want to spend that much, you know, because the bank typically will give you a little bit more than you want to spend. So the bank says, "Well, gosh, we'll give you two hundred fifty thousand, but they say, "Well, we only want to spend up to two hundred forty thousand." Well, they'll tell their real estate agent, you know, we want to look up to homes to say, I don't know, two hundred and thirty. Maybe, maybe 240 at the outset, but we really want to stay at like 230. So what the MLS agent will typically do is they'll go on the MLS and they'll type in the price range and the type of house and things that they're wanting to see for the particular home, but then they'll put in the price range as a range between, say, 200 and 240. Now, for this particular example, you know, that's how that's a smart agent is going to look in a little bit higher than 230. If you're saying you want to buy a home at 230,000, if your agent's smart, they're going to tell the computer to look at up to 240,000. And the reason why is because then when your property, uh, your the potential home that you might be interested in, uh, is on the MLS, does a price reduction from say. 245 down to 235, well, then obviously your home will show up in that search. You know, that that's something that you want the agent to do. Now, let's pretend, all right, that your home that you're looking at, that you're, you're the list, uh, you're the, the seller in this particular circumstance, you're trying to sell your home and you take your listing agent's advice and they list the home at 219.9, okay, just under 220. If the buyer comes in and says they want to look for something up to, say, 220000 then you'll show up in that search. That's great. You'll be at 219 9 
at the very top end of the 220. Now you'll be compared to homes between 200 to 10 to 220 and maybe even 230. That's where your home's going to be compared to. Now if your home can compare to a $210,000 or $220,000 home in your neighborhood, if it compares and it looks fine or, or maybe is a little bit better, great, perfect. But the problem comes with this issue of perception. More often than not, your perception about what your home's really looking like in comparison to the competitor's home, it's not nearly as good as you think it is. Your home is rarely as good as you think it is. Oh, I know you're different. Your home is clean. Your home doesn't have any problems. Your home doesn't have any issues. But that's not everybody. Most people have problems. Most people have issues. Most people's homes aren't as clean as we'd like them to be. We all live life. And the reality of trying to figure out how your home compares with another home is difficult. And when you're trying to use strategic price points, you're using the multiple listing service as a way to attract buyers for your home. So price your home on the tens. That way, if you price it at say 220, as opposed to 219.9, if the person's looking for 220 and that's the top end of their look, well then your home will appear there. But if that's also the bottom end of another buyer, let's say another buyer is coming and saying, well gosh, I'm wanting to look between 220 and 240. And your home looks good and it's priced at 220 and it can compare to a 230 house, well, your home's going to get the better showing. As I said before, it's a price war in a beauty contest. You have to use the MLS to your advantage. Point number three, do not consider value range marketing. Do not consider value range marketing. Now, I recognize this is a popular tactic amongst weak people. And when I say weak people, you know what I mean. I'm not talking about homeowners. I'm not talking about home buyers. I'm talking about certain people in this profession that like to sell property professionally, that like to list property on the multiple listing service. The problem is when people decide that they want to use what's called value range marketing, I say that's a weak strategy because it does not commit to a price. It actually hurts the homeowner. It does. I'm sorry. It hurts the homeowner. And as a realtor, realtors have an obligation to protect the homeowner. You have an obligation as a realtor to protect your homeowners. Value range marketing does not protect homeowners. It, I'm sorry, it doesn't. If you say to me as a home buyer, which I professionally do, I buy homes professionally. I'm sorry, that's what I do, okay? And you say to me that your home is priced somewhere between 200 and 230, what on God's earth makes you think I'm going to give you 230,000? I'll wait, go ahead. See, the truth is, the only way that I'm going to give you 230000 is if it's actually worth 270. If it's worth 270000 you're selling it from 200 to 230. Well, clearly, the value, it's underpriced regardless if it's 200 or 230. And I'm going to imagine that everybody in the world is going to see that too. 
and they're going to come making offers. But the chances of you doing that are slim and none. That's more often, in my experience, been more often the case where you see agents list property 200 to 230 when it's really only worth about 190. So do not consider value range marketing. Consider a solid price and consider, I would strongly consider a solid price on the tens. Point number four, hire an experienced listing agent. Absolutely. If you want to get the highest price to attract the highest offer in this marketplace, in a pandemic, if you want to know how to price your home to attract the highest offer in a pandemic, then you need to hire an experienced listing agent. Now, what do I mean by an experienced listing agent? Okay. Do not hire somebody who does this part-time. I recognize that there's an overwhelming desire to, to save money in this area. However, the truth is you need to find somebody who's experienced in this and has done it before. Now, I'm not talking about hiring a team, uh, the number one team in this or that. Or the, no, 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 no. I'm talking about an agent. The problem with hiring a team, and, and I've worked on teams before, so I'm guilty of this, right? I, I know what this, this is all about. Look, when you work on a team, and I've had teams, you sometimes get plopped off to the, the, the new guy. And, and that's great. Everybody's got to cut their teeth somehow, but it doesn't have to be on your house. Look, if you're going to hire a, a team, hire a husband and wife team or, you know, a solo team. Or I don't know. I mean, but one or two agent team, but don't hire a huge team where you can get slopped off to anybody. Just because they got a big name and they sell hundreds of homes a year does not mean that they are a very good experienced listing agent. Just means that they're good administratively. Look, as an agent, as a broker, I could go out and get 15 agents to work for me and have them, because of the way the multiple listing service is set up, have them put their, their credit, if you will, all the listings, all the sales they make under my name because of contractual obligations to work for me. I could make that happen. And that would make me look a certain way. That would make me look as though I'm selling 28 homes a day or a house every 15 minutes or whatever the number would be. But that does not mean that that agent is an experienced agent, nor does it mean that that is the agent you're going to get, nor does that mean that's who you're responsible to. I, I can't tell you how many horrible experiences I have heard about from the public when they go out and they list with an agent simply based on a name. Do your research. Hire an experienced listing agent. Ask them for references. Ask them for uh, a, a listing from the Tucson Multiple Listing Service of how many homes they have sold. You know, look at what their references are and what kind of guarantees they can give you as far as performance. Look, I used to tell my client, I, I'm sorry, I used to tell my clients all the time. Look, when you hire, I'm sorry, when you get hired on, like I would have clients that work at, would work at Raytheon. I would have clients that work uh, over here at uh, some of the different healthcare systems. And, and, and they would be very analytical type personalities. And I'd say, look, you know, if, if you were working at your job and you're screwing around on the job, well, your boss would fire you. But yet, if you're a real estate agent, you can go out and sign a six-month contract with somebody, screw around for six months, and wait for somebody else to sell the house. And that's, what are you talking about? If that happens, if you ever caught me screwing around, guess what? Fire me that day. 
you know, you give somebody a, a, a right to cancel the contract on certain circumstances. A lot of times people are afraid to do that because they just don't want to put in the work. Point number four, bless God, hire an experienced agent. If you hire the wrong agent, I promise you it'll cost you money. Point number five, encourage two-way communication. Encourage two-way communication. You know, one of the biggest things you need to understand when you're selling your property, you're not going to have, at least during a pandemic, you're not going to have a lot of time to sell your home, okay? First of all, in a quote-unquote normal market, the average days on market here in Tucson, the last time I saw was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 50 days or something along those lines. It was like 52 days, if I remember correctly. Now, if your home goes beyond that, people start to look at it and think, especially, you know, before all this, gosh, maybe uh, there might be something wrong with your home. Imagine if your home's been on the market for 120, 130, 40, 80, 220, 270 days in a COVID-19 market. Could you imagine if you just put your home on the multiple listing service two weeks ago and all this has happened in the last two weeks and now you're sitting there trying to figure out what to do with your price, you might be just like Richard thinking to yourself, well, gosh, six months ago, all these other homes were blah, 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 blah. Well, that's what, guess what? That was three weeks ago. That was so three weeks ago. You got to understand what the market is doing. So when your people show your property, make sure your agent has a critique system in place. You know, I used to use showing time. Showing time's a really good little service. What would happen is uh, when an agent would come and show the property, it would email them automatically. Hey, what did you think about the home? Tell us a little bit about it. Are your buyers going to make any offers? Do you have any improvements, uh, questions, things like that? You want to get this kind of feedback from your buyer. If you want to sell your home fast in a pandemic, you have to have communication between you and the buyer. What if, just the big what if, and you can say this is ridiculous, this would never happen, but it has happened. What if your agent called up the buyer and said, hey, uh, I noticed, uh, or, or the buyer's agent, hey, I noticed you showed the property today at three o'clock. Thank you so much for taking the time to show it. I'm curious, what did you think? Well, they loved it. They really, really, really like the house. I mean, it's the great neighborhood. It's the perfect schools. It's just the right size. I mean, it's everything. Oh, great, great, great. You guys going to make an offer? No. Okay, why not? Why not? Well, you know, um, I don't know how to put it to you, but when we were over at the house... The next door neighbor had a pit bull out in the yard. And my, you know, my, my, my client, well, they're terrified of pit bulls. They love the house, but they can't bear the thought of living next to a pit bull. I'm sorry. Now you could say to yourself, that's, that, that could never happen. I'm telling you. It happens. That happens and far worse. I mean, things, if you think that's dumb, that, I mean, <laughs> I've had sales cancel for far less, right? But what if that's your home and you're trying to sell your property 
and you did not know that that was the problem. But if you went out and you asked for feedback from the buyer or the buyer's agent as to what they thought about it and you found out that that was the situation, you know, and, and if I was the agent and I called you up and I said, well, wait a minute, um, you know, they really liked the house, but the neighbor's pit bull kind of tore them off. I, they didn't really like it. And when I was out at the house looking at it, when we listed the house, I don't remember seeing a pit bull there. It was, oh, no, no, they're just taking care of the pit bull. They had, they, they're just taking care of it for the, the, the their, their foster uh, fostering it because the people who had it had COVID-19. They had to go to the hospital. It's not their dog. It's it's a friend's. Oh, can you see how that would make a change? I mean, could you imagine a sale getting wrecked over the presence of a dog that was there temporarily? It could happen, but you'll never know until you do point number five, encourage two-way communication. Let's move on. Point number six, Offer incentives and prepaids. Now, I know this is going to be something that you don't want to necessarily believe, but this is a different market. I know your realtor is telling you that everything is going to be hunky-dory and it's going to just go right back to normal in about three, three months. But I'm here to tell you that ain't so. It ain't necessarily so, I think is what poor Gene Best said, right? It's, it ain't necessarily so. And here's why. Because there are so many problems that I've already outlined in a previous podcast and a previous uh, post uh, called 10 Reasons Why the Housing Market is Weaker Than You Think. There's 10 solid reasons in there that I wrote as to why this housing market is weaker than you think it is. And even since the time that I wrote that, which was pre-COVID-19, there's been five additional reasons that have popped up in my mind. You know, when you think about it, if you want to get your home sold for the most money possible during a pandemic, you want to offer incentives and prepaids. Okay, look, because first of all, understand that there is a forbearance and a rental forgiveness period, or not forgiveness period, but a grace period coming up. There's a lot of people out there right now who have properties that are for rent or for sale or that they're currently in, and they're going to stop making payments. And it's legally going to be able to stop making your payments for up to a year in some cases. Could you imagine what that's going to do? Oh, my goodness. Next, these incentives and prepaids that I'm talking about, you know, they used to do that back when the market was rough. Now, I'm not sure how long you've owned a property. Back in 2008, we used to do that. And you might want to consider doing that again. What sort of incentives and prepaids could you offer to your buyer? Well, certainly your buyer is going to offer or ask for you to pay for their closing costs. That's If you do not do point number one, which is price your home competitively, then you can almost be sure that the buyer is going to ask for you to pay closing costs. Here's what I mean. Okay. If your property, like Richard's, was at three hundred and fifty thousand, if your property was three hundred fifty thousand, and you know it's a little high for the market, and then there's going to be people who are going to cut you up in the price, and they're going to ask you for closing costs. But if you priced your property at three hundred thousand, below the market value of say three hundred and thirty, you know if the market value is three hundred and thirty, and you price it instead of three fifty, you price it three hundred. Well, people are not going to ask you for closing costs because they already recognize that you're giving it away at a lower price in the first place. 
you know, they'll be they'll be happy not to pay more than the asking price. There might be more than one offer. They might have to. But if you offer incentives and prepays, let's say you ignored my advice in point number one and you decided to price your home according to the whims of fate and price per square foot instead of pricing it aggressively. If you decided to go ahead and do that, and in that case, then be prepared to offer incentives and prepays. So incentives, well, incentives can include things like closing costs, that's obvious. It could also include things like home warranties, that's another obvious one. It could include bonuses to the agent. That's another obvious one. It could include payments to their credit cards. That's not so obvious. Yeah, a lot of people don't really consider that. You know, I could consider paying $2,000 off of your credit card bill. Would that help you qualify for a loan? Maybe. What about paying for points? Now, I recognize that the interest rates are already obscenely low, but I mean, maybe you could interest, uh, interest them in paying some of their points. Prepaids, you know, their prepaid interest, their prepaid hazard insurance, their prepaid uh, title, I mean, all that stuff. You could pay all kinds of things that would help them if you needed to. But you would not need to do any of point number six, incentives and prepaids, if you did point number one, which is pricing your home aggressively. Point number seven. Point number seven today on how to price your home to attract the highest offers during a pandemic. Point number seven, use a pre-appraisal and pre-inspections. Now, this is something that's going to be a little bit difficult for you to manage right now if everybody's in a, in a quarantine sort of situation. A home inspection prior to a uh, making your home on the market, putting your home on the market, will certainly be easy to do because a home inspector can do it, but an appraisal might be a little tougher. Appraisers these days might be a little tougher to get a hold of. Who knows? But the reason why you might want to consider doing a pre-appraisal or a pre-inspection is to help get away some of the obvious problems. Now, if if you follow my advice and you you know consider hiring an experienced listing agent then they're going to help you in this area right here point number 7 immensely because a listing agent will already have access to the multiple listing service and if they're experienced they'll know what the home will appraise for i mean the the information that an appraiser uses is the same information that i use from the multiple listing service they have obviously not to detract from appraisers. Appraisers have a very unique skill set. They've been trained a specific way and they have uh, a lot of experience and, and a certain certification. I do not want to, certification, I don't want to take away from that. But when it comes to the raw data analysis, an experienced real estate agent can tell you how much a home is going to pretty much appraise for as well as what kind of problems you're going to have in terms of inspections. You know, I could go through a property and I can take a look at it and I can tell you where it's not going to appraise, where there's going to be problems, where an appraiser is going to say, well, that's not going to work for the finance and you need to get that fixed. You know, an experienced listing agent is going to know what sort of financing rules are in place currently and what is going to be allowable under VA, FHA, and conventional financing. And that's what you need to know. The worst thing possible for you is to go into this situation blind. Be blind about the price, which is what an appraisal would solve, or an experienced agent, and the inspections would solve you from having problems you didn't know about. Because believe you me, if you go out and during your home inspection, let's say you do your home inspection and you discover that the garage door is broken, the spring needs to be fixed. 
That repair might take you 250 bucks or something like that. I don't know, you know, but I guarantee you it'll be double in the buyer's mind when they see it on their inspection. Now, bear in mind, you know, a, a reasonable home buyer is going to go out and do any kind of, they're going to do an inspection. If they're a retail home buyer, then they're going to do an inspection and they see that, you know, broken spring, they're going to ask for that to be fixed. And you, know, you might as well get that fixed now so you don't have to mess with it or disclose it at the time that you're selling it so they know that it's not working and sell it as an as-is item. But then if you do that, that's going to be reflected in the price. It's going to cost you even more. Let's move on to the next, uh, next and final point. Point number eight, learn to fail fast. How to price your home to attract the highest offers in a pandemic. Learn to fail fast. Point number eight, learn to fail fast. Amen. You got to learn how to fail fast. Okay, this is, this is a fast-moving market. Just like I told Richard, and I'm going to tell you, you have to learn how to adjust your pricing correctly, quickly. Never before have anybody seen anything like this. And you want to be thinking about your buyer. And, and I recognize that, you know, on a one-man podcast, sometimes we get to, you know, drifting off in our mind. Let me reel you back in for just two seconds. If you'll hear me out here for just a second or two more, I promise I'm going to make it worth your while. Okay, just hear me out on this. You want to learn how to fail fast. You want to learn how to correct quickly. You want to take your emotions and put them out of the equation when it comes to your price. Because when your buyer comes to buy your home for the next seven to 10 days, the news that they see is going to be atrocious. I mean, I, I pray that, that God will stay his hand and that there will be no more deaths. But I recognize that these courses sometimes have to, these things have to sometimes run their course. A fire, a wildfire in the, in the mountains just sometimes has to burn. And, and we try our best to stop the fire, but sometimes it burns and burns and burns for days. And if you could imagine the media as hyped up as they've gotten so far about just the sicknesses, can you imagine how they will be when it comes to the bodies? The media, my friends, will be heartless. The media will be relentless. Your buyers for your home will be unable to escape the relentless news, the images, the sounds, the stories, and the tears. And during that time, if you want to, Mr. Seller, keep your home buyer interested in your home, you have to price your home as if they feel they are getting the best bargain on earth. How do you do that? Real quick. Either you A, drop your price so low that you'd be stupid not to take it. That a person would be have to be a head of lettuce not to buy your home. And that's not good for you. You don't want to do that. You don't want to sell your home at a rock bottom fast price. You want to try and make some money out of this. Or B, alternatively, 
you can give them the impression that they're getting a really good deal. If they get the impression that they're getting a really good deal, Mr. Buyer, Mr. Seller, they will hang on, they will stay, and they will hold on to your property, and they will close on time. They won't hassle you. They won't cancel at the last minute. They won't give you a bunch of gruff. If they feel like they're getting a really, really good deal, they'll hang on, despite what the body count is. So how do you get them to stay in there? How do you get a buyer to agree to hang on despite what the news is doing, despite the stock market, despite the 401k, despite the negative news? How do you get them to, to believe in your property? You price it appropriately. Like I said, right from the very beginning, point number one, price it aggressively. Listen, as I told Richard, if your home was previously on the multiple listing service for 350000 and it's worth, let's say, 330 if you price it at 300 everybody immediately will see the value. Immediately, they, they'll be able to go back in the multiple listing service, and yes, they'll be able to see that your home was on the market for 350000 Yeah, they'll see that. But they'll see now that your home is on the market for 300000 And they'll see that as a significant value. They will believe in that. And they will come to your home. And they will make a full price offer. They will not ask for concessions. They won't ask for anything. Especially when you're going in there and your agent is telling them, you know, in order to see the home, you have to have a pre-approval, which they'll have anyway. But... I want to let you know we have to schedule this very carefully because we have a lot of interest in the home, a lot of people coming in and out. And as they see the sign-in sheets with a bunch of other names on there, they're going to realize that there's multiple offers on the property and they had to fight to get it. They're not going to go anywhere. If they knew that they had a multiple offer situation and you accepted their offer and they have another backup offer in their place, if they should fall apart, they'll close. And you'll be able to get what you want, which is how to price your home to track the highest offers during a pandemic. If this was any value to you, would you do me a favor? Like, rate, share, subscribe. Thank you so much for paying attention. And as always, have a powerful sales day. Bye-bye.